Welcome to Inside the Raven's Eye. I'm your host, Alan Mitchell. My medicine name is Raven's Spirit. This podcast is partnered with Earth and Spirit Medicine, owned and operated by Winfield Ivers. His medicine name is Coyote Thunderhawk. He is a shaman here in the state of Utah, so make sure to visit earthandspiritmedicine.com. In this episode of Conversations with a Shaman, we get into episode two, conception and birth. How often do we think about an idea and give birth to that? Coyote Thunderhawk goes into detail about that and so much more. Thanks for listening and enjoy. All right, so here we are at episode two. You know, I kind of don't even want to, I just want to jump right into it like you just said and... I just want to, I'm going to hand it right over to you and then I'm sure you'll be asking me questions and I'll interject here and there, but I just say, let's just get into it. Okay. So we've done an introduction to this new season, Puppet versus Master. We've recorded the first episode and published that and... The title of that first episode is Motion, Space, and Time. Today we're moving forward into being able to understand and want to kind of start at the beginning. And where is the beginning? I don't know. I don't know where the beginning is, but we're going to start and we'll call that the beginning of this episode. So, Conception and Birth. What does conception and birth have to do with puppet versus master? So when we think of puppet versus master, let's just kind of keep the thinking going on about that. Am I being puppeted by my thoughts? Am I being puppeted by others? Am I trying to puppet others? You know, so how much energy is being spent or consumed every day and what results am I getting in that expenditure and trade-off of energy and does it lend towards any kind of self-mastery any kind of moving forward so in the motion the space and the time during the space of the last episode and this one you know there's been a passing we'll call it time uh, you know, there's, there's, we're keeping these going, the motion of these episodes. So when we look at this personally, you know, we understand that we're living in a vast, vast environment that is so big and is increasing so rapidly, and we're a part of it. I spoke of in the last episode on the macro and the micro, and I spoke about having an experience on the side of a mountain and going out there. And so when I can be so small on the side of a mountain, I'm such a speck. The earth is such a speck. So when we just kind of keep magnifying in so we can see Winfield, but then when we go out away from the earth, and then the earth is smaller than what I looked like, and get so far out there and figure out that I am all of what's out there, that's big. That's, that's macro, okay? When I understand that I am a part of all of this magnificent increase in color and all this energy that's so beautiful and and it's 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 creative it's a creative force it's a living force 
And so then we we can go from the looking at the little reminders of what is puppet versus master, you know, what is this motion, space, and time. And then I want to say one more thing about that. Remember that inside we have our systems. And uh, we, we have our skeletal system, our muscular system. We have our circulatory system, our respiratory system. We have our digestive system. We have our nervous system. And we want all of those systems working perfectly. And so when we think about the personal medicine, well, if you go back to those episodes and you think about that third quadrant uh, and, and you're thinking about relate and you're thinking about cooperation, honor, respect, and trust, we want our systems inside of us to relate one with another. We want them to become one with each other. They can't operate one without another anyway, but we want a conscious energy going towards this. See, so we've got to get to conception somehow. We've got to get to where there's an intention with an idea in order to get to birth. So... You know, here we are, and we've got these systems. Understand that you can, we are designed and able to manipulate our systems to a lesser or greater degree. So we're right where we are right now with our systems. And we have our senses that I talked about as well. So we use those. So kind of getting back to this third quadrant, relate. We have to... Use those spokes of cooperation, honor, respect, and trust. Each system has to go with that method of cooperation, honor, respect, and trust. So we get all of our systems within ourselves working. And then we work on our family systems, remember. And then we work on our community systems, remember. And so now we're going to come to this place of conception and birth. It, conception is kind of like a result of something, I believe. And the intention behind it can be interesting because when we think about it in a human form, when is an infant conceptualized? When does conception take place? Okay, so we could say it in biological terms that there's a need to reproduce, uh, you know, uh, two, two humans come together, there's uh, this, this interchange and then the result of, you know, seeds and eggs and, and then the, the uh, conception of an infant and this little infant grows inside of this, this mother. And then there's the actual birth where it enters into this arena of breathing oxygen and just having a, an experience in a mortal form. So there's a transference from a spirit form through conception into birth into what we're experiencing in our lives. Mm -hmm. And then there's also this that I think happens on that, that big uh, out there universal multi multiversal scale of conception and birth because it has to start somewhere. Each idea, so one even has to start somewhere and then turn into something. So even when you think about this, so whether you're a parent, whether you're a child, whether you're an entrepreneur, you know, whether you're, you know, a CEO, whether you're working for someone else, uh, you know, whether it's a delivery driver, you know, it doesn't matter. Okay, Wh whatever it is that we are, that we are, are living or, or being in this, this, uh, this, this title format, uh, it all works the same it, because Whatever we do on the inside will automatically have a positive result if we're doing the positive 
manipulations on the inside with our systems, which includes our thinking. And that's the bottom line thing that we'll get to about how this idea of conception and birth take place. There has to be a thinking. It has to start somewhere. And where does that start? Well, there's like this divine intelligence out there. And all around us is like this invisible energy. And there's like this these ideas or something floating around and somebody might say, you know what, I'm going to build an eight cylinder motor. And then they bring that into the realms of uh, three dimension, the human form and say, I'm going to build an eight cylinder motor, uh, Henry Ford. And then people say that's impossible. But see, where did that come from? It came from somewhere. He believed it enough to tell him, I don't care what you guys believe, build it. I know it can be done. So what is it in the idea of whether we're saying, you know, Hey, uh, uh, so I have children. I was attracted to a woman. The woman, you know, was attracted to me. Well, let's hope anyway. It seemed like it. <laughs> so, so there's the interplay. We don't need to go into details here. But then there's the result of a child. In in many cases, that that child can be the result of that. But hopefully, in the purest of forms, there can be a basis of love. Okay. And when two people can come together in the purest of love with a real caring, a real compassion, mm. you know, a real intention of just wanting to be together and never wanting to be apart, there's a real platform there. There's a real unique platform for something to come from that. And so when they get involved in that that uh, place of of intercourse and when that place of of the creation takes place and the and the seed and the egg commune and then there's that conception and then there's that timeline okay we're in we're still into motion space and time see all this is happening it's happening out in the in the universe somewhere it's happening in the plant lives it's happening in the animal lives there is this need to reproduce to make more of so when we understand the idea that abundance and prosperity are that real because there's a need for everything to reproduce and everything on this mother earth you know in its raw form can sustain living and so we want to sustain the life so when birth comes the first thing in most cases that that infant does in the mammal world will say is it wants it wants milk it wants to you know sustain life it want it's it's there's a need without a a, a verbal communication there's the sensations taking place and so this baby will find uh this place to be able to get its nourishment and so then you know we can think about how uh, what happens at that point from birth and even before that that period of time while that that infant is in that womb okay that that nine month space that nine month transition of time that place of motion all that's going on and everywhere around those senses are already taking place with that infant it's already learning it's already being programmed in other words it's already having influence it's hearing voices so when my children, when I would learn that my wife was pregnant, I've had two uh, marriages, and so children with two different wives, but with each pregnancy, I would start communing as soon as I knew there was an infant in there with this little infant, and I would, I knew it could hear the vibrations of my voice one way or another, and I really truly believed it could understand everything that I was saying, so I would speak all the time in the most beautiful ways. But then, you know, it's interesting too, because with me and my, my energy and my passions and intensities and things like that, you know, uh, I, I, 
there, there could be arguments and discussions that would create a negative, a negative energy. And those vibrations would go in as impulses to the baby. Or if the mother is, you know, going down the road, driving to the store and she's pregnant and somebody pulls out in front of her and she goes into a, an impulse of a, I've got a break kind of a thing. And even though there's maybe not an accident that takes place or anything like that from that, that is uh, like sending a tremor, a wave of, of motion, of energy, of stimulus. And so we are already in the process of this puppet versus master. Now let's go back to birth. Birth happens. Baby gets nourishment. We're moving forward here now. And so this baby, after a few months, uh, has already learned to do a few things in order to have a few things take place. Crying can mean a few things. Could mean I'm hungry. Could mean I need my diaper changed. Could mean I don't feel good. So, you know, we, we explore as a parent to see, okay, let's check the diaper. Oh, let's do that. Change the diaper. Baby's still crying. Oh, maybe the baby's hungry. Okay, uh, feed the baby. Baby eats, uh, and then baby's fine. So, you know, uh, we, we practice. We try to find the solutions. We go with that stimulus trying to find what is it with this unspoken word that is being communicated that we try to work with. And so, uh, who is the puppet? Who's the master? So then the mother sometimes feels depleted because she's kind of puppeted into the needs of the baby, the baby's needs, and the mother automatically surrenders. She's a mother. She has compassion. But there are energetic exchanges taking place all the time in this idea of puppet versus master. There are always exchanges going on. Even as we're sitting here talking right now, there's exchanges of energy going on. And it allows us to think on different levels as far as where we fit in in this very day. So right now, let's just skip to right now, today. All right. Well, I don't know. It's probably about 1030 a.m. here in Utah in the United States of America. And I went to the dentist this morning at 9 a.m. And the piece that uh, was supposed to be there to fit in the top part of my mouth was not there. So we rescheduled for later today. Well, I just want to deal with things. That that was not an inconvenience. You know, I could have thought it was, but I chose not to because I knew that my son would be excited that I got home just a little bit sooner so that he could go hang out with his buddy. And I thought maybe we could get started on the podcast a little bit sooner. So in that idea of puppet versus master, okay, so all day long things are taking place, things on the outside. And we experience it. We go to the dentist. We go to work. We go to the market. You know, we, we go to all these places. And and even though we're going there and there are stimulus coming to us, we're inside of ourselves as well. So simultaneously, we are on some sort of autopilot. And that default might not be a good default. Okay? I'm just saying. And we'll come to that probably in another episode. There's a lot behind that default. All right? So... When we are autopiloting through, and then we're putting ourselves into external situations of energy, going to the supermarket, driving there, uh, putting ourselves uh, in these places where we're exchanging this energy and being influenced by it, how many times before we get to the supermarket from our home have we gotten into some sort of agitated impulse, maybe because of another driver uh, or something like that, that... We had to respond quickly or something like that, that 
allowed us to come out of whatever autopilot or default we were in for just a moment. But then what do we usually do with that energy after? And so we could say, when I learned from Stephen Covey and listening to him many years ago, if people haven't heard of Stephen Covey, you can just look him up and you can uh, look at the, uh, I think it's called the uh, Seven Effective Daily Habits or something like that. Anyway, so he talks about an experience where he's on a bus. A gentleman gets on the bus as well. And the gentleman has some children. And the children are kind of running amok. And it's very distracting to others. And so if I remember correctly, Stephen Covey walks over to this gentleman and just said, I noticed that your, your kids are kind of running around. I, I don't know if there's anything, you know, but it's kind of disturbing others. And, and the dad said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. We just came from the hospital. Their mother just died. I'm so sorry. I wasn't even aware of what's going on. And it, this is what uh, Stephen Covey referred to as a paradigm shift. Okay, so these paradigm shifts are taking place all of the time, all day long. And we don't even know what's behind them. Okay, we don't know why people are behaving the way we are. Yet we might mm -hmm. automatically, in default, refer to them as you, Emmer Effer. <laughs> you, uh, big I-D-I-O-T. You know, whatever we do in the, the uh, moment, that, that nanosecond response. Well, that's a good place to start, to start to see where you are in your default. Because if your default isn't, oh my gosh, I hope they're okay, then there's some work to do. And so it's okay. We're going to do the work. Because most of our defaults are not to go to that immediate place of compassion. But when you do hear a baby start to cry, and everything was kind of calm, and you just start to hear this, uh -huh, uh -huh, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know. I, or if you hear, you know, a cat that sounds... You know, like it, it needs something, you know, it, there's there's a, an element of emotion, an energetic wave that comes. This motion, space and time is going on all the time. And I said, we're going to come back to this idea of alone and lonely. That's going to be a little bit later. So, uh, but we will come back to that as well, which was in the very introduction. Right. So. As we sit right now in our lives, wherever anybody's at right now, listening to this episode, just take a deep breath right now, okay? Just Let's just pause here. Just take a couple of deep breaths. Okay. So... Conception, the place of an idea. Birth would be like the uh, where the the uh, first notion of it coming to life is, you know. So maybe on an entrepreneurial level, it's like I have an idea to start a business, and maybe when you actually start that business and you're a legitimate LLC, that's the birthing of your business. See, it's now mm -hmm. become an entity. All right, so we're birthing entities all the time. We're birthing idea entities. And so when we're looking at this and we're looking at the information, divine information all around us all the time, but there's a lot of information around us all the time. So I used to look at this as if there were a lot of envelopes flying around me. This was long before Harry Potter came out. <laughs> okay. 
And so, you know, uh, these ideas float out there in la-la land. And so uh, before I go on with this part of me with the envelopes and what I began to come to, I will say this, that sometimes you might have an idea and maybe you'll tell somebody and you don't act upon that idea. And then later you hear about somebody doing that. Well, it's because they took that divine intelligence, they conceptualized it, and they birthed it. There's something to say about acting upon the information that you get. So when we get gifts and talents in our lives, if we're not utilizing those and acting upon those and blessing the world with what we have, we're basically cheating others and we're cheating ourselves in a very harmful way. So now let's go back. So this part about where I'm looking out there in this world and there's a lot of information out there. So you go to the mailbox, maybe there's a, uh, you know, a, a bad letter in there or something, or maybe somebody knocks on your door and brings you bad news, or maybe the phone rings and brings you, you know, somebody brings you bad news. Okay. Well, you know, all that is, is information. So imagine no matter what comes to you, no matter what it looks like, even if it's a child coming in to give you a hug, you know, it's all information. It's all outside of you. So just kind of close your eyes if you can and imagine for a minute that there are envelopes all around you. And these envelopes are invitations. These envelopes are invitations, okay? It's an invitation to, a, you know, a positive party or it's an invitation to a negative party. And so I would started looking at it like that. Like I get to choose what I'm putting myself into. So I think it's, uh, one of the great philosophers, Schopenhauer, Schopenhauer, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but he talks about the, uh, the philosophy behind if you're going to go to a public pool and then get annoyed by somebody splashing you in the face, you need to really clearly think about this. Because if you're willing to go to a public pool, you need to understand that you're going somewhere where you might get wet. So consider what's really going on, folks, and look behind where you're at and how you got there and why you got there, and then understand the results you're experiencing and see the accountability is a big, big, big deal. Okay, so when we look at these invitations, we choose them. This is where accountability starts, okay? We choose. We choose. So whatever you're experiencing, I'm sorry to say you've been choosing it, okay? Maybe you didn't mean to. Nobody talked to you about it. Don't get mad. Don't say things like, I didn't choose this, you know, or whatever like that. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I get where you're going. But listen, we're choosing. We are choosing. Now, I've talked about default. But somehow or another, we are allowing, okay? We are allowing this invitation, these envelopes to come in and and have their party, okay? And I refuse to let the negative invitations come in and have their party. I lived a lot of that. And when I realized, I, like I mentioned in that last podcast about going down the sidewalk and ending up in a hole, and I said, I don't want to be here. How'd I get here? It's not my fault. Well, there's chapter two to that. Chapter two is I walk down the same street and I step in that same hole. It's still not my fault. I still don't know how I got here and I still don't know how I'm going to get out. Then it goes to chapter three. And chapter three is I walk down that same street. I fall in that same damn hole. And, and you know, um, I, I, I still don't know how I'm going to get out of here. And I still don't know, you know, um, how I got here. And chapter four is, okay, look, you know what? I don't like it here. I don't like it here. I don't like falling in this dang hole every time. I'm not going to do this anymore. Chapter five, walk down a different street. Okay, so 
Look at what you're doing when you are looking at the information around you. Baby in the backseat crying, somebody running in front of you. You're trying to pick up your kids from school. You're supposed to uh, have this done and be there. Get somebody the orthodontist or they've got a game. Slow down and breathe, man. Don't be what you don't want to have happen. Okay? And we do that innocently in most cases. And then when we accidentally cut someone off and they do honk at us, we don't want to live with that result. So we reply in some fashion of a finger or other things of, you know, maybe unknown verbalities that, you know, uh, come out or things that way. When really, we just found ourselves in the swimming pool getting splashed on because we decided to go swimming. Okay, that was a lot of information. I realized that. Can I interject one thing? Yes. Um, it's so, about time. <laughs> so there, I wanted to share this experience that I had. It's kind of funny. I this season I'm talking about work a lot, but this was about a month ago, and a, we have weekly meetings. And so some people um, got caught taking long breaks, and um, so my boss Mark wanted to he sent an email just reassuring people please don't take advantage of of this and this is a gift and respect it and in the meeting he we were he was trying he was doing a very good job trying to make calmness and, and try to not make it into a big deal but spirit to me my heart was pounding and i knew that i had to share this experience with my co-workers and i i looked at my boss Mark and I said can I just say one thing and he said yeah of course and I said you know and I never told anyone at work that I got written up because and I said so much I didn't realize why I initially it was when I was duped I didn't know what I was doing again and I, I told people I said you know I, I got written up for this very reason because it, it got to HR and they noticed things and so I got written up and I remember sitting in the meeting and you, you hated having to write me up over just a silly mistake that I did, but it happened and I was so grateful for it because I told him, I looked right at you, Mark, and I said, hey, this is all about, I'm learning about accountability here. I'm the one who did this. It's, it's no one's fault. It's no one, it's, I could sit here and try to blame everything outside and I, because I was even saying, I, I was upset because I was working so hard. I was overworking myself. So I said, well, screw me, screw you guys. I'll, I'll do this. And it came back and it bit me in the butt um, because I just didn't speak up and I didn't say, hey, I'm just really tired, guys. I, I need a break. And so by being duped and, and having that experience, but I wanted to share that with everyone in there because I, I told them, I said, this is all about accountability. If you know you made a mistake, just go look in the mirror and say, hey, this is a good lesson of accountability in my life. And so I just remember in that moment, um, it's a lesson that I'll never forget about accountability for me. And I'm really grateful for um, for that experience. So I just wanted to share that with uh, accountability. So how does... And I don't know what other word to use, but how does assuming this accountability or I don't like that. Okay. When you decide to be accountable, like you were there, how does that give you an edge in your living, in your, in your coming to more of being a master versus a puppet? 
How does account being accountable, or does it? Does it give you an edge? Did it give you an I, edge? I think it was a valuable lesson in my life, but it was sharing my own life. I was being vulnerable. That's what I was doing. I was taking something that was embarrassing that I did, and I opened up my wings, and I, I let everyone in the room know that I made a big mistake, a, a, a foolish mistake, if you want to say, put that word in there. And I was able to share my experience with hopefully giving someone else a lesson about accountability and hopefully have that same lesson that it gave me of living in my life to, to open up and, and be vulnerable in the, the teachings that I received. Um, so in a way, you did this conceptualizing and birthing. You had an idea to, to, to want to illustrate to the rest of your co-workers that it's okay to go ahead and put yourself out there in your, your, this vulnerable way, exposing yourself, in other words, uh, the shortcomings or the, the quirkiness, the humanness of us in a public format that it's okay and we're not going to lose our integrity from it. And there's a, a, a department of accountability with that. And it allows us to be, can I use the word free? Free and okay. much stronger as a human being too. Okay. So you conceptualized this, uh, you got a feeling. So, you know, look, all these things in this, you know, listen yeah. and obey spirit. Uh, and then there's this personal intention, this conceptualizing. I want to to share this, and I and I want people to get that it's okay. So and then you birthed it, and so now it's out there, okay. And so when it comes to this idea, I think people about puppet versus master. There's a lot of things that we can resolve each day as we're moving through the day so that we don't have a big bag of rocks over our shoulder by the end of the day of unnecessary resolve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So free. Yeah. Okay. All right. And he said, uh, open like the wings kind of thing. So I just want to say that, uh, the, we talk about like being like the hawk. And so, you know, I've always thought about vulnerability, vulnerability, like the hawk, you know, just opening up its wings and, and, uh, it's a, it's soaring higher and higher and higher, but it's exposed, but it's harder to hit a, a, a moving target than, than one that's just sitting still. So I'd rather mm -hmm. open up my wings and soar. And so, yeah, we, we want to continue to increase. I talked about this, this, universe all of this increasing increasing our our beauty increases our love increases we want to put direct attention and intention to what it is that we want what do you want what do you want desperately right now to experience that you haven't been that you know you can because i want to remind you that you know you can because we are powerful beings we are very 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 resilient we are able to do things within us to alter what might be prefaced as dis-ease and turn it into prosperity and abundance of wellness and, and increase our longevity in this mortal form so that we can continue to experience 
wonderful, beautiful things. Even though on the outside it does seem like there's a lot of things we don't agree with or that we may uh, not uh, dis, we might not like or things of that way, but we do not allow it to puppet us. We do not allow it to sway us from who we know we are. We are great, wonderful, compassionate human beings with the ability to self-heal and the ability from that to stand forth in a greater frequency and be that example that says it's okay to others. Okay? <laughs> kind of like what you did in your meeting. It's okay, people. It's okay. Let's raise the vibrations. Let's raise the frequencies. Let's come to that greatness within us. And let's conceptualize all those wonderful things you want to do. Just talk to yourself about it. You don't need to go tell anybody else, hey, I've got this great idea. Just... No, you got an idea and then act upon it. All the wonderful ideas you have, act upon them. I have an idea to go for a hike, act upon it. I have an idea to go get a drink of water, act upon it. So all those ideas that you are bringing forth, that you have a pure intention because it's taking you to higher frequencies through um, having more present-minded vibrations in the now, so it allows you to continually ascend. We are beings of ascension. We are in the greatest spiritual ascension right now on this planet that has ever been. And it is necessary to take a look at ourselves in a way that is imperative for our ascension that I'm talking about. So, let's see if I can just summarize this with conception and with birth. And I want to bring in that part of accountability. Think about the things that you want. Speak about the things that you want. Fill those things that you want. And then act upon those things that you want. And let your result be experiencing all that you want and desire. You can do this, people. We can do this. It takes consistent, consistent, consistent energy and attention and focus. Because in that default... That's a 24-7 gig, and it's altering our subconscious, and we don't want that. So we have to go in and reprogram. So when I'm doing my stretching routine, for example, in the mornings, and my mind starts to wander, the way that I have been able to capture that in most cases is that I count my breathing. Hmm. I don't count the time. I count my breathing. It's just, that's one. That's two. My inhales are odd numbers. My exhales are even numbers. And inside I'm saying one, two, three. And then all of a sudden I might be, and that's five, six, seven, eight, or whatever like that. But it's a focal point within me that allows me to override default. Have you ever found yourself thinking you're going to sit down and do something and sitting down and next thing you know, you find yourself in the kitchen and you're making a sandwich and you're like, okay, good crap. What the heck happened? I was going to be working on this or you're going to be like they used to say about the farmer and he's on his way to get the eggs. Okay. So, you know, wife says, Hey, go get some eggs for breakfast on the way there. He sees the broken gate. So then he goes over to the barn to get the screwdriver to fix the gate. Well, he gets over to the bar and he realizes that Betsy's out. So he goes to put Betsy away and then he hears his wife yelling, where the hell's those eggs? Okay, so you see how life goes. So we want to get back on target. 
we're going from point A to point B. We have to understand the space. We have to understand that there is a, I'm getting from point A to point B. Remember last episode, there's a space between you and I. There's a space between his house and where he was and getting those eggs. So going from point A to point B is all I'm going to do right now. So that focal is A to B and then back to A. Okay, so go get eggs, go back, give them. And then if I want to go fix that fence or whatever, then if I want to put attention to those things. But then we become to become better. We become, <laughs> we get to become better organized as we're moving through Is that this. also like effective communication even with self? Yes, yes. Okay. So then we're operating out of a deliberateness rather than a responding to stimulus that is all around us every day. Again, even in our personal uh, lives and going forths so that we do not become distracted and lose valuable space, motion, and time. We don't lose the part where we can, can go from conceptualization to birthing, and we don't have that span of time between that where we never bring it forth wishing we did. So let's make the changes in our lives, and let's be happy about it. Let's, let's make note that today, right now, you get to consider what it is that you want more than anything and then just put everything towards it and see what happens and if you need some help putting everything towards it go back and listen to all the other episodes so that's all i have to say about this i hope it's moving forward in a way where people can understand that we have such a power to begin to master our thoughts our words our feelings and our actions in our lives to get the results that we want and we do that by putting the attention to our, our uh, restoration of our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And by relating with cooperation, honor, respect, and trust. And understanding how to resource with water, shelter, fire, and food. And even more importantly, that we are our greatest resource. And to come to trust that. And to cooperate with that. That's the personal medicine will. Okay? So all these things that we talk about in these episodes correlate. All right, there we have episode two of Puppet vs. Master, Conception and Birth. The idea and method of implementing the thoughts we have and giving birth to them seems to be very important for all of us to think about and begin to use on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. And once something is born, we nurture it and love it and see it grow to be something great. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to share this with your loved ones, family, and friends. Give us a rating and follow us so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening, and much love, and God bless.